This is where normal comes to die. Mediocrity meets its final demise, and the status quo is unabashedly dismantled. Welcome to Reinvention Radio. Now, here's your host, Steve Olsher. Alrighty, welcome to another edition here of Reinvention Radio. The gang's all here. Steve is hanging out with the lovely Mary Goulet. Hello, Mary Goulet. Hello. How Hello, are Richard. You good. Doing? doing all well. good, all good. Richie Ote in here. Looking What's very clean shaven, my brother. Oh, yeah, well. Little haircut, little little haircut. shave. Shaving a haircut. Two bits. That's, yeah, that's that's showing my age there. Wade's got it under control in the studio. Kelly's got it under control back at headquarters. And we are doing something a little different here for a change. And... I, I say for a change, but this is something that we used to do all the time. We just haven't done it for a while, and and I miss doing it. Which is uh, we're gonna do we're gonna do a little sound off here on Reinvention Radio. So the three of us and uh, Wade, I'm sure, will chime in as well over there, hanging out, and uh, and we're gonna cover a lot of ground here today on the sound off. And um, and first and foremost, I just wanted to welcome some of our new listeners because. Well, anytime I look at the uh, the ratings and the reviews and the subscribes and whatnot and uh, and see some new things going on, I know we got some new new listeners. So thank you for that and uh, thank you for spreading the word with uh, with those who you believe can benefit from hanging out here with us on Reinvention Radio. So thanks for some of those. Actually, I'm going to read uh, a couple of those new reviews here in just uh, in just a little bit. So thank you for that. So if you haven't yet taken a moment to rate and review and subscribe to the show, please do so because we appreciated in uh in podcaster land we we kind of go dr phil on you and we we say that's one of our uh, most important currencies it's a really important currency to us which is having the the ratings <laughs> and the, the, and the reviews it, that's it dr phil by the way are you a conan fan are either of you a conan fan do you watch conan ever no i don't watch i i, I haven't lately but i so definitely have <laughs> so <laughs> He does this skit. I mean, he's actually the one doing the voice on it. But there's this kind of hedgehog-looking thing, which is uh, Doctor Phil Puxatani. So it's like, what is that? <laughs> what is the uh, what is that thing? What is, what is the thing that sees its shadow? What's it called? Groundhog Day. Groundhog. That's it. Yeah. Exactly. So it's Doctor Phil Puxatani. So it's like a groundhog, and it's got this you know crazy wraparound hair thingy like Doctor <laughs> Phil, and he talks just like Doctor Phil, and he gives <laughs> advice on things. And it's um, is it the same advice all the time? It's it's just ridiculous advice all the time. And anyway, he uh, he does one of the best. Do- I can't do a Doctor Phil. Conan does a killer Doctor Phil. So you got to check out Doctor uh, Doctor Phil Puxitani on, uh, on on Conan if you're into that sort of thing. But anyway, Doctor Phil talks about the the currency, specifically as it relates to you know your spouse or your children or that sort of thing. Like basically, what's most important to them, and then uh, withhold. Yeah, so that's it. Oh, oh! I didn't know you were going down <laughs> yeah, that so road. Yeah, so just withhold whatever it is. Withhold you know, it. If it's really important to If it's to really family. important to them and they're not performing to, to your liking, then just withhold. So wow. uh, so anyway, no, that, <laughs> in podcaster land, one of our most important currencies is, uh, is all of those fun reviews. So again, thank you for that. And it helps new folks find us. And, uh, and of course, if they like what you have to say, then they're more prone to... To tune in. So, okay. thank you for all that. And like I said, I'll read uh, a couple of those here in a minute. So, a lot of ground to cover here on the sound off. And uh, this is an opportunity for uh, the four of us to, to kind of catch up on things. And uh, one of the things that is uh, certainly near and dear to, to my heart, uh, of course, is the missus. And if you haven't yet met my wife, Lena, you folks who are listening, because Richie and Mary and Wade and Kelly have all met my wife, Lena, but you'll have an opportunity to, especially if you come to the New Media Summit. And 
hang out with us in person, we'll uh, we'll get you a chance to to say hello to her. Uh, but for those who don't know, my wife is a uh, licensed funeral director and embalmer, and so she's licensed here in California and also in Illinois. Uh, and for a while now, we've been talking about wanting to get her uh, her own place going. And so we've looked, and if you're familiar at all with uh, with San Diego or Southern California in general, you know that. Uh, it's it, it can be kind of pricey from a yes. real estate perspective and even from a leasing perspective, right? So if you want to buy, really pricey. If you wanted to, to lease, it can be pretty pricey as well. So you know, about a year ago or so, we had a, a pretty decent uh, line on a, thaw, on a place that we thought would be perfect for us, and we'd lease it and whatnot. It fell through, nothing happened, whatnot. She went back, got another job, and the whole nine. About... Three weeks ago, we found a building that I thought would be really good. Showed it to Lena. She's like, hmm, this this has interesting potential. And we had been kind of working off and on with a commercial broker to help us find a spot. And sent it to him. And he was like, yeah, you know, I didn't even consider that building, but I could see how that could work. And so it's in the Grantville neighborhood of San Diego, which for those of you who are not here, um, it is, it's an up-and-coming neighborhood. It's still a little sketchy in parts, but definitely up-and-coming. And they rezoned it to be really developer-friendly, so there's about 8,000-odd people moving into that neighborhood over the next five years in different developments. Um, so, yes, wait. And I just need to, that's sketchy for San Diego. For San Diego, <laughs> you know exactly. I mean, people yes. really need to understand the context of, <laughs> yeah, sketchy. sketchy. Oh, oh, it merely looks like a middle-class neighborhood. Right. So, interestingly enough, uh, this this building itself had a, had a little bit of a sketchy past. Uh, what, it, dead people? Well, that doesn't make things sketchy. <laughs> Someone's got to take care of the dead. That's, you know, it's well, I meant bod- bodies buried oh, there. Yeah. By <laughs> so, so, it comes, so it comes with a built-in clientele, basically. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, okay, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, I was thinking about it, and, and Lord, I hope that the mob isn't listening to this show, but like, if, if you wanted to make somebody disappear, wouldn't you go to a, a facility that had a crematory and just be like, you're going to make this guy disappear, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> and what are you going to do? Tell him no, you know? So, I know um, where you are. Right, exactly. <laughs> so so we're not doing a, a crematory, at least at, at this phase. But anyway, long story short, it, it's a really interesting building with a pretty darn checkered past. It, it had all the right intentions when it was built in, in 1975. And the thing is, uh, it, it's built like a fortress. On the, let's just call it the ground level. They've got these pour-in-place concrete columns that go up to a 14-foot ceiling. they got steel I-beams throughout this thing. It's a two-story building with um, basically, a, a let's just call it a lower level and then a main floor and then a small mezzanine. But they built this thing to uh, be able to ho- uh, house and, and manufacture and repair appliances. So freight elevator, which is kind of interesting because we could do the body prep on the lower floor and then bring them up to the main, to the main level. But again, just built like a like a tank mm-hmm. and so it, it just checks a lot of the boxes we can actually it's got an outdoor parking lot we can do indoor parking there on the lower level so some unique elements to it and we got to digging around a little bit and so it started out with all the best intentions as this appliance center or whatever and after they closed shop it then became get this an adult video store. Well, there you go. So, yes. So it became an adult video store. So needless to say, we'll use lots of bleach and peroxide and whatnot on that on that place when we gut it. 
but then after that, somebody thought it would be a great idea to open a place called The Green Door. And I was like, okay, that sounds interesting enough. And it, is, it, it has a green door. Any guesses as to what they did at The Green Door? They shot porn. They shot porn. Okay, good guess. Good guess. I don't know. I don't pot. I don't know. Ah, yes. Well, no. Growing yeah. marijuana or something. Um, let's just put it to you this way: it was it was an illegal cannabis dispensary. So these guys had the biggest, you know, cojones in the whole wide world, evidently, and just said, you know what? We're going to open up a dispensary. And we're not going to get licensed and just open up as the green door and let people come in and buy wheat. But the green door gives it away. It was my first <laughs> guess was pot. Exactly. Is a cop going by, oh, they must be just planting stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. kind of gives it away. Kind of gives it away, right? So if you're going to so if you're gonna run an illegal dispensary, I guess the first, you know. Kind of right up your alley, though. <laughs> well, yes. But, I, but going back to like the what not to do. Yeah. Don't paint the door green, right? right. Like that's probably uh, yeah a good step in the direction of, of what not to do if you're going to open well, an illegal dispensary. Yes, wait. Well, it's a good thing that that building is so robust because I've always heard that mortuaries have to be have very secure doors, and you know why that is, don't you? Uh, I'm listening. I don't know actually. Because people are dying to get oh. in. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> there you or have dying it. to get out, right? So, so anyway, we, um, so we are in the process. We put it under contract, so it's under contract. Uh, it's about a 15,000-square-foot building in total. Uh, again, lower level, main floor, and then this small mezzanine level. Mm, we don't really need more than what's on the main floor, which is 7,000-odd thousand feet. The, the space that we were looking to lease was going to be about 5,000 feet. So this is you know 40% larger than that space mm-hmm. was. That would have been just fine. So, so you're just going to rent out the bottom to the mafia and their crematorium? <laughs> yeah, right. So no crematorium for now. Uh, we may look into that. Uh, interesting stat you never knew you needed to know. In San Diego County, there are 3.3 million people. You know how many crematories there are that serve San Diego County? Any guesses? Any guesses? Not enough. Five. Uh, wow. Five. You know how many people are in Orange County? Six. 3.2 million. Oh, 3.2. 3.2 million in what? Orange County. You know how many crematories there are at the service Orange County? 20. 11. I was so going to say go. 12. Right? Yeah, yeah very That's close. That's weird. It is weird. So, mm. so anyway, interesting opportunity for that down the road, but not to get too technical, but that requires like a conditional use permit and all that fun stuff, and we don't want to go through those hoops now. So, so you have... A- you have the ability to franchise, is what you're saying. Well, we have the ability to expand Six potentially. More. Yes, we'll see what we'll see what happens there. But we'll start with this one, and uh, there'll be a lot of unique elements on it. Not the least of which is we'll be able to do indoor parking, so if people really do want privacy and you know don't want to be seen in some ways. They can park inside. The body can be brought inside. The service can happen, and they can leave. You know, come and go with with the utmost of. of do you have to buy privacy. a couple of hearses? We'll have to lease a couple things. Yep, have to lease wow. a couple things here and there, and we'll we'll do all that. Um, so right now we're going through the process of trying to secure the loan to acquire the building and and build it out as we need to build it out. And of course we need some operating capital and whatnot. And we'd prefer not to have to bring in investors. You know, if we can do it on our own, it's just own. So 100%. you want us to help you out? Yeah, right. I know. <laughs> just get the sledgehammer. Let's start doing the demo right now. Now um, I can see this is this is where that extra square s- footage. You guys can make an office on the top. Uh, right. 
Yeah. No, no, no. We're going to use it all. We'll use it all. We'll do a little, you know, office-y, apartment-y something on the mezzanine level, which is another floor above the main level, which is, you know, what it's designed for. So we'll have that little space. And as I said, we'll just do the indoor parking and the prep and whatnot. The lower level and the main level will be the big chapel and the whole nine. But we're, we're going through the process right now of trying to get the bank loan. And yeah, man, I tell you, like it's bringing up a lot of dirt. It, it oh, really for is, sure. you know. And you know, I, I like you have to. Dirt. I know. I, I like to think of myself as as someone who has. I mean, I've had my trials and I've had my tribulations, as any entrepreneur has. And because this will be an SBA backed loan, mm-hmm. I mean, you literally have to you know, turn over every stone, right? And so as as I'm going through this, like I, I've realized quite quickly, like I, not only have I left a lot of money on the table, but I've had some really, like, I don't want to, just things did not go to plan in, in far too many ways. And it's got me like scratching my head going, Jesus, I'm the common denominator in all this. You know, like there was a, uh, so we did a 29 unit uh, condominium development in Chicago, as an example. We sold 28 of the units. We ended up taking back the 29th unit. The market tanked. We ended up basically uh, trying to work it out where the association would take over the unit so they could rent it and apply that towards expenses and whatnot. Anyway, it got a little bit crazy, and we stopped paying on the mortgage. We stopped paying on the assessment. Needless to say, there were issues with that. But we worked it out with the bank, gave it back to the bank, and you know everybody's happy. The assessment you know, assessments all got paid, and no judgments. All the judgments, all that, all that stuff's been released and satisfied and whatnot. So that was one, and it was a small thing. It was like 108 grand, but still, you know, it's like you look at this and you go, "Well, that kind of sucks in the scheme of things." And then you guys know all about the issue with Bishop, mm-hmm. the the residential development that I did in Chicago, which which went great for eight years, and then got caught up in the downturn. And we went to refinance, and we were upside down. So we were trying to work it out with the bank. Took years to try to work it out with the bank. I moved here to San Diego for medical reasons. Like I literally could not do another winter in Chicago. It would have been a death sentence at that point because of the cold and gray. The attorney who I thought was representing me back in Chicago on this case wasn't. Mm. And so the bank was walking in. Nobody was showing up on our side. They ended up taking a full non-recourse loan and turning it into a full recourse loan. No one was showing up to defend it. They got a personal judgment against me, which was enforced here in California. They froze all of my assets, including the bank account. The bank accounts, and you know, I think you guys remember, I was just completely blindsided by all of that. Hired a new attorney, settled it out. You know, it's been released, judgment satisfied, paid a fine. Everybody's happy. Okay, fine. That one's done. That one's behind me. But you were in the picture on that one. But I was in the picture on that one, right? And then there was the home that we lived in in Chicago, a three-unit building that we converted to a single family with the intention of selling it as a single family. Market tanks. That's all three, pretty much, except the one with the big judgment. It was market timing. Market timing. Yeah, so I don't know if that's you. I know, but it's like I sit there and I look back on these things, and it's like, first of all, you know how much money it takes to do a development. I mean, let's just say that the house itself is a, you know, was a two-odd million-dollar project. Well, you got to come up with 20% as a developer Mm -hmm. to make that happen. 
so that's 400 grand there and then you hopefully have profit on the back end and so on you know so that's that's um what an eight hundred thousand dollar swing you know Mm -hmm. 400 out not 400 in or whatever it might be the 20 unit apartment building on bishop the the condo except and and i'm going through all this stuff and first of all it's just like it's so painful yeah to just have to explain this stuff out because she's like what's this what's this well, and I'm like, fork, you You're know? You're killing like, me, lady. I know. And then, and then you start questioning your own well, worth. Especially, especially as you're buying a building. Right. And she's saying, let's see here. The, two, the, the common denominators across the board were real estate and you. Yep. And, and you are buying real estate. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. Are you getting What's a little a- weird about this one because of timing? What if? It, well, and and of course, you know, as we're sitting here and we're looking at, I, I don't want to say the you know the artwork on the wall, but you know, there's a lot of people who are saying that we're we're heading towards another correction, and so right now, are we at the peak of things? Is you know, it, it is a correction in San Diego the same thing as a correction in Chicago? Well, I will say one thing: being born and raised here, the difference between this and the other three is you're buying it for you and you're keeping it and it's for the foreseeable future you're staying in San Diego. This isn't so... Not you, an investment. Yeah, it's like, di- yeah. it's a, a different flip. kind of investment. You're, like, yeah. you're not trying to get out of it. You're not, you know, this is something that's going to be for the long haul, right? Yeah. Well, Time I, solves market corrections. Yeah, and I've also... You if know, you can write it out. Being in the real estate industry, I've talked with lenders, um, real estate attorneys, because they all come into our offices or our networking groups and they said, we may have a recession, but it's not going to hit real estate like it did. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. real estate, there's no indicators that, come on, interest rates are down. Job growth is up. Unemployment is down. Yeah. There's so many indicators. It's not, they're saying it's not going to hit yeah. real estate. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, you know, in 2008, real estate was the core of it. Mm-hmm. Where this, it's just one of the you one, know, pieces. Yeah. And so it's, so it's an interesting conversation. And needless to say, as Kelly so aptly pointed out here, it, I mean, it is an evergreen industry. And mm-hmm. no matter what's going on in the rest of the economy, well, unfortunately, you know, people still pass away and they still, the families still need to take care of them. So a little bit different from that standpoint. But, you know, it just kind of begs the question of is it, is it, is it entrepreneurial foolishness to because again I, I mean look my house is paid for the cars are paid for like obviously i've done things right we mm-hmm. have enough we have enough liquidity to be able to put down what is needed in order to do this deal so it's not as if you know there's there's a, a failure across the board here and then in full transparency it looks like we're going to sell liquor.com which on the surface, yes, that would be the eyebrow look that you should get in normal circumstances. But again, I brought in partners to run that thing. Mm-hmm. Why I didn't run it, I don't know. That's probably a discussion for a therapist's couch or something of that nature. But at the end of the day here, they have not operated the business profitably. We're doing okay from a revenue standpoint, but not great. And the market really has spoken and the value of that business right now is such that mm, we will be lucky 
with the acquisition price, and I can't say who it is right now, but we will be lucky for the acquisition price to cover what is owed to the note holders and the later investors, which means on a waterfall basis, nothing will trickle down to common, which is where I and the other founders sit. So you know what we're mm. going to see out of that thing if it sells right now? Big zero. Mm. Big zero. So, so we won't be having you on Beyond Eight Figures. <laughs> so we will not be having me <laughs> on Beyond Eight Figures. Not for that one. Luckily, you're the host. Right. Although, in, look, there's a feather in the cap. This is a big company that, that is looking to. It's a, it's a name you would know. I can't say it, but it's a name that you would know. So once it closes, I mean, we'll see. And it may not close, and we'll see what happens, right? But it, when it closes, I'll be able to share the details on that. But again, scratching my head going, Jesus, I'm, I'm the common denominator in all this. Hey, hey, just real quick, just between you and me, uh, go by weed.com real quick before real quick. nobody else thinks about it. Yeah, all right, let me see if I can grab that one. It's so, gone, I'm sure. And then you look back, and it's like, what kind of fool am I? Like, I should have kept the domain, and I should have just leased it to the company. And at least all this time, I would have been collecting income, and if they wanted to actually buy the domain, then there would have been something for me to hold on to. You look back on the real estate stuff. You know, had I accepted some of the early offers and not been greedy, there, you know what I mean. Like I, mm-hmm. I, there's definitely live and learn opportunities what, there. What do you, so live and learn? What have you learned? Learn is that the right learn? Word? What you learned? What, what, what have you learned about <laughs> this? Whole thing? Let me ask right? you. Right. Let me ask you. So, I mean, is this a? I'll throw out a potential, and I don't know the answer. Is it? Are you too diversified trying to do too many things? I mean, yeah. like you got, you're doing summits, you got launches, you got real estate, yeah. you got. Well, I haven't done real liquor. estate since I've done. But you get, you get yeah. one. Like, is it a, is it a, what do you feel you've learned through going through this process? Yeah. You know, it's Besides interesting. Besides trying to curl in a ball. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. and, and you want to do it. Yeah. You know, I mean, again, you look at the, the missed opportunities. Yeah. I don't know. Hey, Wade, I'm, I'm leaning towards uh, going through this next segment. You want to reset us, and uh, can you do that, or, or is that going to be a problem if we just keep rolling? Let's uh, see if you can do that. He's the magic man. He's the magic man. Why don't we, why don't we do that? Let's just keep rolling, because I know you guys have a lot of stuff on your minds as well. But, you know, in jiu-jitsu, um, we talk about how when you go to jiu-jitsu, you, you, it's okay if you, if you tap out, right? I mean, you, you go there, there's always going to be somebody who's better than you, stronger than you, or you make a mistake, and you end up in a position, and... And somebody taps you out. I mean, I'm a, I'm a brown belt right now. I was sparring with... So in, in jiu-jitsu, it's white belt, blue belt, purple belt, brown, black. And then beyond black, there are, you know, like super grandmaster stuff, but almost nobody gets there. So, you know, I've sparred with blue belts even recently who have tapped me. And, you know, I'm not the biggest guy in the whole wide world. And, and I say that in jiu-jitsu, there's nothing more dangerous than, than a 25-year-old blue belt yeah, just because you you can't teach twenty five year old strength and 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 blue belt level you have you have knowledge <laughs> so it's like you know it's it's tough and they're and they're too dumb at that point to recognize what they shouldn't really do and they're just smart enough to know what they should do so it happens all the time so I you know I've been on mats and with lower belts and have tapped to them and it happens you know nothing you know nothing wrong with it but you you learn and you keep going. And so tapping to other people is, is okay, right? It's acceptable. It's a part of the learning game. It's just you can't allow 
yourself to tap out to yourself. You know what I mean? So mm. what would what would that mean for someone who doesn't take jujitsu? Does that mean like you're mentally giving up more than you're physically hurt right now and you want to tap because he's going to snap your arm or exactly i mean as it looks so it's like do you so you do be do you and in and in anything whether it's a relationship or whether it's a business or you know whether it's with your kids i mean it can go across the board right mm -hmm. do you become gun shy so much so that you how do you know when to learn from the past and do something different in the future versus just going you know what I am the common denominator here, and I need to do something Go different. Go with your gut. Figure out why, how you're making your choices. Mm -hmm. Ego-based, greed will come into the ego. You know, emotionally-based, you're, you know, concerned about other people and things like that. Mm -hmm. But the ego can be pretty strong. Mm -hmm. And if you just, like, if I sat down with you and I said, okay, give me sentences, I'd, I could peg you where you are. And then you learn from that. I mean, we all get good gut instincts it's just when we're emotionally attached to an outcome especially mm -hmm. when money's involved i mean you see it in relationships all the time i know this is not a good relationship for me but i'm not ready to end it or i'm i'm going to overlook those things mm -hmm. well isn't it kind of the one of the fundamental things we go through in life are what are the things we're supposed to press through and what are the things we're supposed to let go? Right. How do you know? And what, and where, what is that fine line? Because to Mary's point there, there's times when you can see ego actually, I'd imagine in sports is a good example, but where ego actually sometimes serves you. But it's, the question is maybe for how long? Right. Right. Yeah. They can power through something real quick because they're just what I'm badass or whatever. Right. And get yeah. you through. But does that serve you in the long haul? Well, then, and speaking of which, there's actually a, uh, a video out right now. There's a pretty darn famous old school MMA fighter, UFC fighter, BJ Penn, uh, who's been in the game for a long, long, long time. And there's a video that just surfaced of him getting knocked out in a street fight. And, you know, I mean, wait, what were you going to say? Oh, well, I don't want to interrupt your thought, yeah. but just to, and this is going to be slightly expansive, right? And so one of the challenges in life is um, finding and accepting the middle ground. You know, if I go, hey, <clears throat> here's something and here's 100%, you can recognize that. Here's 0%, you can recognize that. But when you get in that muddy middle of like 60, 70%, mm -hmm. It's when do I choose to accept that situation? So let's say I bought stocks and I'm going to sell them. And I sold them at a 65% profit. And if I would have sold them a week earlier, it would have been 55. If I would have held them a week later, it would have been 75. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you kind of have to just go, but I made my decision. Yeah. And, I, and it may not, since I didn't have a perfect option, since there wasn't, oh, this is definitely 100% and or this is definitely 0%. I'm making a decision that's 60 to 80% right yeah. because that's the real world and just going, okay, once I've made that decision, I'm going to live with it and I'm not going to second guess myself and I'm going to go, hey, that was a good decision at that time and, you know, just yeah. not worry about what could have been. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, totally. What, what were you going to say? It, it almost goes back to, I'm, I'm blanking on how you say it, so, but it's like, there's now, and then there's now, and then there's Life now. starts over right it's, now. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Life and starts so, over right now. Right now. Yeah. So it's like, it. those are all things. So even if you don't have the answer, those are all reference points for you and go, well, what are things that you learned in each individual situation? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how could you take all those experiences? Because it's the only thing. It's the only thing you really have. Yeah. Yeah. What were you going to say, Mary? Because well, I actually have a question for you. Because this goes back to sort of more of a spiritual, God-like question as well. But what were you going to say? So, with decisions in my life that did not go well, or where I forced something, or I wanted my way, it gives you a. a it's a familiar feeling. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you you get that feeling like um, there's a little anxiety or you're like, I'm going to do this no matter what. I, I'm going to do it. And there's something that's saying, eh, I don't know mm-hmm. about that. So one, getting going back and saying, how did I feel when we let that 29th one go mm-hmm. to the bank? Yeah. You know, just... Mm-hmm. There's a feeling. So, so go ahead. So Kelly, maybe we'll uh, we'll call this one like reinventing God's challenge or something like that because it, it goes to the fundamental question of do you believe? And this is open, obviously, for all of you guys here. But I'm looking at Mary specifically at this <laughs> point because do you do you believe that there are times where God challenges us? And so, as an example, Selena, almost from the the moment that she decided to go and pursue her degree in mortuary science. She has been met with resistance. There was, like, even the day that she registered for classes, there was an issue with uh, a a woman there who had just finished up school and was going to sell Lena her textbooks for, you know, whatever the the price was at that time. That would have been a discount over um, if she had just bought them directly and I forget exactly what happened but long story short she ended up kind of getting posed on it and and wasn't able to buy the textbooks from her and then in terms of the places that she's worked she's worked at terrible places like even where she is now and it'll remain nameless but since she started working here in San Diego she has just she has not had a great experience just working for people that you know I think yesterday she she said she works with three people who she would absolutely classify as being hostile that they're just they're just consistently hostile people and so so what is this you know what like why should it be such a struggle for her like why again with some some great wins but also with some 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 losses why has it been such a struggle for me in real estate is it is it is it god challenging you and saying this is my way this is god speaking this is my way of only putting this responsibility in the hands of those who absolutely are the right people to burden that responsibility a bunch of stuff tangled there. You kind of you you brought your stuff into it too, so I'd kind of go one at a time. I'd so let me address the Lena one first. Yeah. 
and then you tell me what your thoughts are about it, Richard. Okay, so one question. Does she believe this work that she has told me she really enjoys doing, and yeah. she, she takes it seriously in the back when she's caring for the deceased? And for the families. The families yes, and the families. Well. Absolutely. Okay, so it's kind of a soulful passion endeavor for her. And she's known from a very young age that this is something that she is inspired by and inspired to do. Okay. So there is a, I tro- totally believe this, that when someone goes out into the world to do something in that vein, mm-hmm. the evil one will try to block, 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 because look at all the good she's doing, doing that. So when she's actually doing that, which she loves, she's doing amazing work she's and God's helping. work, let's call it that, heaven's work, God's work, spirit work. Mm-hmm. But the evil one doesn't want that. Mm-hmm. And roadblocks will be put in her way, and she is proving that she's, I'm still going to keep going and pushing and pushing and pushing. Mm-hmm. So, but there's been plenty of time where she has wanted to not keep pushing and because she's human. Mm-hmm. Keeps questioning, you know, why so much resistance? Why so much challenge? Why, why isn't this? I think it's a easier? spiritual warfare, honestly. And I could talk to her about it sometime and see if she is interested in that conversation. But I truly yeah, think sure it's a it's be. a spiritual warfare. What, Rich, uh, where were you at on this, as far as Lena goes? Yeah, I I have a slightly different take, similar but slightly different. Um, I think heaven and hell are right here, right now, mm. and it's our perception that kind of lets us experience whichever one it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, I think... Um, Situations like this sometimes are she could have a calling towards this and she should be working on this, but maybe it's like the the person who's born that's 5'2 and they have a calling towards basketball. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're not going to be the basketball star, yeah. but maybe they're going to own a basketball team or they're going to be a coach or they're going to, sure. you know what I mean? And so I'm not saying re- resistance doesn't come up because I mean there's there's all kinds of things that that's just part of life. Mm-hmm. Like you can't plant a sunflower seed with just the seed if it doesn't have the shell and it doesn't have pressure on the shell. Like that yeah. sunflower seed's not the the coal turn into diamonds, all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. So there's just some things that resistance is just part of the process. But it goes back to that original thing. What are the things you're supposed to push through and what are the things you're supposed to let go? Yeah, Sometimes when, it, when it's, it's cold, just cold. Yeah. I mean, like it's not you can you can press on that thing as hard as you want, and it's just coal. Right. But so there's times this is then this is where it kind of goes back to where Mary and I are very similar though, too, is you still have to go back within and say, like, is this resistance because something's changed or is this because i'm trying to see this exact outcome Mm -hmm. because in the end you know me and happiness and part of my biggest part of just what happiness is is when when you're not happy it's just because you kind of don't see life unfolding the way you want it to unfold Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's just small little perceptions changes like 
you can feel love right this very second, but you just have to focus on love. Yeah. Or you can think of fear right now, and you'll be fearful. Like, there, it, where you focus and what you put attention on, it's microscopes and telescopes. Mm-hmm. So it's... You're not cursed. So, we, so yeah. we have a lot of people who come to the New Media Summit, as an example, who have been in the game for a long time, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we, we seem to attract a little bit of an, of an older audience, you know, people in their 40s, 50s, 60s. You know, it's not typically the, the young bucks just trying to, you know, get, get their, you know, get started in the world. It's, it's folks who have been at this and are really good at what they do, and they've been at it for quite some time. And they've had their ups and downs. And they've had their ups and downs. And so, and so the question is, you know, as you look at, at some of those uh, folks as an example, just like you would look at Alina or look at, look at me as an example, you know, is, is that a message? Like, is, is that a message that we just need to change course or is that or does that or because they're at the summit they recognize that maybe this is the new door that opens and this is the door they've been waiting for are you asking about the attendees and icons um, i don't know what about... i'm asking at this okay, so point. i'm go... so across the board yeah but let me go to to lena and then wait i know I had some some feedback okay, as well lena took time off she did but she felt a drive to get back in the game so, so uh, question mark. Well, yes. So she, um, so backing up. So she taught uh, in the Chicago public school system. She taught second grade. When she had Isaiah, she stopped working and stayed home uh, until, and then she had Xavier, and so she stayed home until Xavier went to kindergarten. So that was an at-home period for uh, roughly eight years or so. And during that eighth year, she decided, you know, she really wanted to pursue this calling. Then she went to uh, pursue her, her degree from mortuary science and then started working in the industry. When we moved here to San Diego, she got a job right away. She had been working for about three years. She was really burnt on being there and said, you know, we need to find our own place. So um, that's when she took that almost, you know, 10-month break because we were trying to find her a place and we just couldn't land on anything. So she was losing her mind not working because she hates not making money. And she was losing her mind working because... You know, she just doesn't love the environments that she had been in. But it was sort of going back to Richie's point, kind of the lesser two evils. Let me let me go ahead and I'll go back and at least I'll I'll keep honing my practice and, and whatnot. But no, she wanted to keep working. She felt like she was getting stale. For yeah, lack I was just of a better term. Stale. Yeah. You know, it's also part and parcel of the industry. In terms of, I worked at a mortuary, and mm-hmm. man, you walked in and it was darkness. It was, was like it dead in there. The people, I don't know the last time they smiled. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was depressing. It's not a good old boys network. It's a dead old boys network. Oh, Seriously. I got a question for you that yeah. we haven't let, brought up. Can we let Wade jump in yeah, real yeah, quick? Yeah, because, sure. yeah, Wade, I know you were well, kind of waiting patiently And I'll try there. to condense this down. So three quick points. Number one, we're imperfect people living in an arguably imperfect world, right? Uh, second, one of the tough parts about being a boss is you got to make bad decisions, and people go, why would you ever want to make a bad decision? Because oftentimes there isn't a good option. Mm-hmm. Here's four options. Each of them have a downside. I just got to pick one and go with it, right? Mm-hmm. And then as you're analyzing the problem, maybe break it down into, is the problem systemic? Is the problem circumstantial? Is the problem within me? Is the problem those who I'm choosing to work with? Because those are going to have four different solutions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Point well taken. Uh, Wade, just run us all the way through if you uh, if you haven't set it up like that. So please do. Richie, what uh, what was the question you were going to ask? So I was going to kind of flash back to kind of one of our old guests, 
like a Michael Gerber scenario. Oh, sure. And just because Sally's a good baker doesn't make Sally be able to run a bakery. Mm-hmm. Like, have you guys even thought about that? Like, here she is. If she's not working or she's working, like, are you going to help run this mortuary? Like, maybe she's good at front of the house and back. Like, but is she a good uh, well, well, entrepreneur, too? Like, are you guys teaming up on this? Yeah, or? so I'm, I'm definitely helping on the entrepreneurial on the business side. And, you know, frankly, I, I work out of the house, right? So I wouldn't have any issues working out of the, the mezzanine, the, the mezzanine level. Exactly. Right. And, and being there. But, you Kelly's know, we already claimed that. Well, Kelly already has claimed the mezzanine level. Yes. She wants the pool on the deck there and all. Um, but yeah, I mean, look with, with, with my help and, um, and certainly we'll bring in Kelly and, uh, you know, an accountant and those sort of things, you know, the things that we need. Are you going to sell product like caskets? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. All of that fun stuff. So we'll, we'll fill in the blanks as, as needed. And there are people whose strengths are definitely not Lena's and, um, yeah, obviously I have other things that I do and that are going on, but at the same token, as you guys know, you know, I have flexibility in my schedule. I mean, today, as I looked at my calendar, the only thing on my calendar today was this, mm-hmm. right? So I have flexibility on, on my calendar, which will allow me to, to be able to help. I don't anticipate being involved back of house uh, that's not my cup of tea, or at least I don't think it is, but I don't think it is helping out with the, you know, with the bodies themselves. But, you know, I, I don't know, maybe this, maybe this is another one of those challenges from God, like, you know, breaking through my perceived limitations or breaking through, and even for Lena, you know, breaking through her perceived limitations of, of quote unquote, I'm, I'm not a, a business person. You know, that's just, it's just a limiting belief. I mean, she's she's smart as a whip. She's great with family. She's great back of house. And, you know, when you come right down to it, business boils down to, to really just three things. I mean, it's marketing. You, know, you got to get people in the door. It's selling and, you know, whatever the products, programs, or services are that you're offering. So it's, it's marketing, it's selling, and then... You know, of course, it's uh, servicing the clients and then, the, the you know, all the paperwork and whatnot and the, the finances and all that fun stuff that goes with it. But at the end of the day, it's not that complex. It's a dollar in. It's hopefully less than a dollar out and, and you make money. So I'm going to take this to a f- more fun, possibly like all these. Are things? you saying we're getting a little dark here? No, no, we, no, no, not at okay. all. No, yes. I'm saying maybe. So this is like a puzzle. And part of why we're asking questions is, unlike putting a real puzzle together, we don't necessarily know what the picture on the top of the box looks like. We just got a whole bunch of pieces. We just got a bunch of pieces and we're trying to put it together. Mm -hmm. And so maybe you have these little pieces of these experiences, real estate, her knowing what she likes and doesn't like in the business, Mm -hmm. um, realizing that mostly the environment around both of you kind of that was the other one mm-hmm. that, that was common right mm-hmm. the people associated with some of those deals mm-hmm. right the the lawyer that did wrong the you know you weren't running liquor.com right so it's not necessarily trying to throw other people under the bus but there were circumstances sure and so now this is where i say i'm going to take it more fun well you remember the show six feet under of course okay well you're doing new media so maybe you're podcast. just going to combine all <laughs> this stuff together. Yeah. Uh, you're going to be doing real estate. You're going to help her run the business. 
you got to do sales and marketing, right? Yeah. So I'm I'm being a little bit, you know, yeah. over the top here. But at some point, to your original point is it's an evergreen business. Like, what if all of a sudden this was the thing that you guys should have been doing from the get? Mm-hmm. Is just like you running a family business like Six Feet Under. Again, I'm, I'm joking with yeah. some of that other stuff. But what what if all those that looked like resistance, because it's like, hello, you know, it's right here. Mm-hmm. She's been wanting to do this. You want to run a business. You're going to own the building. Like, this, you, you never know, but in hindsight, this could end up being the perfect thing. Now you got a family business. Maybe you even start honing back on some of the other things you do, other than, like, I know you like the new media stuff, and you're going to probably continue to do that. But, but let's go backwards on that, to your point about new media. I remember the before the first new media summit, mm-hmm. we were in here, mm-hmm. and you were like, yeah, I don't know if I want to do this. And I walked, when we were at the summit, because I was looking at like, hmm... You did your first whatever you were doing, and I remember walking up to the stage. You walked over, you looked down at me, and I go, "This is your jam." Yeah. So there's a I hear self doubt about this new endeavor, but you have the capacity, the wherewithal, the people that you could bring in to support you guys mm-hmm. in capacity or just emotional psychological support, which I know mom would be there. Mm-hmm. So I think this might be a little. You've learned a lot of lessons from the past, and those, I still say, three of them were pure timing, mm-hmm. and the fourth one was his bad, that he didn't rep you, and yep. maybe you were in the process of moving and you know, coming out of your fog or whatever, Yeah. but the self-doubt needs to be categorized mm-hmm. and set aside, okay, that was bad timing, that was bad timing, that was, and this was him, and now... This is your jam. It's yeah. her jam. Exactly. Real estate's your jam. Yep. I still get goosebumps whenever I look at listings. You know, right? I, I really do. So do I. Yep. I mean, I love it. So I don't know. I would I'd examine your self-doubt because I think that it's coming from a feeling of being financially, emotionally, psychologically burned. Mm-hmm. And then you doubt your own decision-making around them. Yeah, and and going through this process just brings it all back up to the surface, and it's like I thought I moved past it, and then you know I just it, I, I literally had this conversation with Lena last night. And I'm like, yeah, I'm the freaking common denominator on all this, you know. It's just like, well, but God. that's also because it's your life we're looking at, mm-hmm. huh? It's amazing as we look at Steve's life, he seems to be present in the entirety of it, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, um, and then in terms of Lena, as you know, it's. As we listen to the Beyond Eight Figures and you know these different shows, there's so many things going on, so many moving parts. We can get distracted by all the all those things. Mm. Lena obviously, in her passion, is looking at the existing industry and going, "Why doesn't somebody do it this way yeah. or whatever?" Yeah. So I would say if she just triples down on that Mm -hmm. and go, okay, anything that doesn't relate to this vision, passion, I can outsource, I can bring somebody on to help with. That's the mundane. I'm not going to let my vision be distracted by all that and just live in, this is how I'm denting the universe. Mm -hmm. Perhaps that can maintain the focus. Mm And she definitely has a lot of unique elements that she's bringing to the table. I mean, first of all, it would be the, the the first funeral home built in San Diego, believe it or not, since the 60s. 
And would it be the first female? Yeah, so she's yeah. going to have all, I mean, primarily she, you know, we'll see how things evolve, but she'll have primarily female uh, employees and directors mm -hmm. and, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens back a house there. Uh, but there's a lot of unique elements of what she's doing, not the least of which is incorporating green practices and, and being on the forefront of that movement. And believe it or not, not everyone has to be licensed to work in this industry. And that's one of the other differentiators is, well, she's everybody on her staff that works with the families is going to be a licensed funeral director. You don't have to be licensed to work with families here in, in California. So that's another differentiator. So she's got her, you know, finger on the pulse of a lot of things that'll make this very different and not the least of which is you know it, it will be nice to be in in a beautiful facility that really represents how someone would like to say their final you know goodbyes to to their loved one where you're not worried about catching syphilis in the you know in, <laughs> yeah. you know in the, in the off of the carpet i mean like it's ungodly. It, not trying to knock some of the other places, but some of the places that were built when they were built. They're depressing. Well, nothing's, so, so, nothing's changed since. Something that just popped into my mind, celebrating the life that death is part of. Mm. Exactly. So, I so, mean, your energy just shifted when we started talking about this perception mm -hmm. of it. Yeah, and and look, ultimately here we just you know we, we try to cover a lot of ground here on Reinvention Radio, and you know it's uh, it's. It, it's the truth of our lives, and you know we've we've had deep discussions with Mary on things, and Richie's cried I don't know thirty five or thirty five thirty six <laughs> times, and you know I mean we we go in lots of different directions here, and and in today's conversation really the the idea at least in my mind coming in today was to really think about you know when when God might be challenging you, and and what that potentially could look like for you, and how that shows up in your life, and. And what you can do to move beyond and through that challenge as a stronger, better human being, so to speak. Well, and also I think God tries to give to us all the time. Tries to give to us where he sees our strengths, our passions, our potential and everything. Mm -hmm. And we re wait, I'm busy. I'm going to do this and then I'll get to that. Mm -hmm. And makes you stronger, right? Because I, I guess ultimately, oh, sure. if, if everything was just a, a piece of cake, I mean, you can look at, and just in current events, right? I mean, you can look at some of the the folks who have been, uh, uh, let's just say, on the well-to-do list, who have everything you would think that they would need in, in life in order to be happy, and then they get caught up in, in doing things that, uh, you know, are just downright awful. And hmm. so there's there's that, you know, I mean, what happens when you don't have the challenges of life? And I, that's where I was going earlier. It's like, think about it for a second. Those are the some of the people we're talking about are like billionaires, right? Mm -hmm. You think they got it all covered. Right. And we've even seen like Kate Spade and different people yep. got looks on the surface like everything's going for them. And sometimes that resistance, those challenges, those are the very things that give us something. Like if, if you were just literally sitting, having every single thing you want, that's part of what I meant by heaven and hell are here and contrast is hell, half of what helps you understand what it's like to be human. Yeah. And, and just real quick, yeah. the definition of reinvent, like I'm looking at, change something so much that it appears to be entirely new. 
hmm. appears is I think one of the key, right? So you're, mm-hmm. it's it's kind of that never ending debate we've always had here of the nature and nurture. That of course it's both. So mm-hmm. you got the DNA that you guys have both been with. You're these things you want to work on, but at the same time, you're going to change some things that it's going to appear entirely new, but it's still you. So I know you wanted to yeah. cover some other stuff. But yeah, I just, I just wanted to acknowledge a, a few folks here. And of course, we, we'd love to hear your your take on today's episode. And if you want to do that through uh, a review on your favorite channel, whether it be iTunes or Stitcher or whatever it might be, that would be awesome. But we'd love to hear your take uh, on reinventing God's challenge or whatever it is that we're going to be calling this one and, and the things that have challenged you and, and maybe are still 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 challenging you or have made you stronger as a result. So love to hear from you guys. And, uh, of course, you can leave a comment at, uh, at, at reinventionradio.com or, as I said, if you want to leave a review, uh, please do so on one of your listening channels there, whatever that might be. But I just want to uh, acknowledge... Um, I'm going to say favorite ferret uh, who left us a review on uh, August 20th, so not too long ago here. Uh, Wow, I love the breadth, depth, realness, and forward movement in this program. Every episode covers a topic that is so relevant for our time and helps us explore it from new angles to gain knowledge as well as inspiration. I always come away from where you mentioned radio, smiling and uplifted, curiosity simultaneously satisfied and yet also piqued. I was very touched by this particular episode, and I not 100% sure which one she's referring to. I have to find that one. Um, because I work as a soul healer, I work with a lot of people to heal ancestral wounds. I think it was the one with Lonnie. Uh, heal ancestral wounds, reclaim their lost power. Oh, here we go. Yes. Plus, I lived in Hawaii for two years, so I love Lonnie's aloha and messages about personal healing and treasuring our Aina. Mahalo, Lonnie, Stephen Richard. This is from Sage Kingsley Goddard. Thank you for that. And also just wanted to recognize Sherry, for her review, who said, what I love most about Reinvention Radio is the wide variety of guests and topics. There's always something new for me to learn. They bring such a wonderful sense of curiosity to the table as well as humor. This is a show that is never wrote. It is always fresh and fascinating. Thank you, everyone. Keep the reviews coming. And, uh, of course, we want to hear from you. So, again, if you go to reinventionradio.com, you can leave a comment on any of the past episodes, including this one or on iTunes or Stitcher or whatever your favorite distribution channel is. We would love to hear from you. So covered a lot of ground here and really appreciate you, Mary Goulet, and really appreciate you, Richie Ote, and uh, of course, Wade holding it down in the studio and Kelly with it under control back at headquarters. Thank you, thank you, and we will talk to you guys very, very soon here on Reinvention Radio. Lots of great guests coming up, including the one and only Gail Carson, the spunky old broad herself. So make sure you check that out. Talk to you guys really, really soon. Take care, everybody. You just got dismantled. Thanks for listening to Reinvention Radio. For more information about the show and your host, Steve Olsher, visit ReinventionRadio.com. Attention coaches, authors, speakers, and business owners. Please pay close attention to what I'm about to say if you want to secure massive visibility fast and generate thousands of highly qualified leads without spending a dime on advertising or marketing. The easiest way to make this happen is to appear as a guest on the world's most popular podcast. We recently came across an awesome resource that provides detailed contact information for 240 new media influencers who are looking for guests just like 
you. It's called the Ultimate Directory, and for a limited time, you can get the preview edition of the directory absolutely free. That's right, for free. It's time for you to get the visibility you and your business deserve and connect with the world's leading icons of influence who can make you famous with the push of a button. Get your free preview edition of the Ultimate Directory right now at www.myultimatedirectory.com. That's myultimatedirectory.com.